of us used to have an annual pilgrimage to our native place Kerala every year. But how many explored the state in your hundreds of trips? Today I look back at those beautiful moments we missed and continue to make the same mistakes. Okay, let me ask Malayalis a basic question. How many of you have been to Munnar or stayed in a houseboat in Alappi or Kumaragam? I'm sure 99% have not. But just ask any non-Malayali and you won't find a single one who have not been to these beautiful terrains of Kerala. Okay, now let me ask those who stay outside Kerala, say Gujarat. How many Gujarat monuments have you been to? I'm sure only a few. But most of you have been to Bangkok or Dubai. We dream of European destinations forgetting we have not yet explored our own backyards yet. One of our primary fault with us is that we are discouraged in our DNA to travel. We don't have a concept of enjoying vacations. We are asked to stay put at home. We have big cars, but it's stationary. We have money, but it's in some banks for choksis and malias to flee with. But one place we have always been encouraged to travel is Kerala because our parents were also interested in the trip. So a common interest can result in a fruitful trip. Many people stayed for more than 2 months during this hometown trip. And all they do during these 2 months is to shuttle between the maternal and paternal homes, which could most be walking distance, as in my case. Our parents never took us to those breathtaking places in Kerala where tourists travel thousands of miles and spend lakhs just to have a glimpse. All we needed was to travel less than 100 kilometers. Today most of us are doing the same with our children. reason why they hate kerala trips so i decided that i should not do what i was subjected to during my childhood days in my last four or five trips i hardly stayed at home i would get out early in the morning have some breakfast on the way drive towards a pre-planned route which could be within 100 and 150 kilometers radius and come back home after dinner in some nearby restaurant we used home just to sleep and where we need to go beyond 200 kilometers we would check into a hotel this made a huge difference my kids started loving kerala they want to explore further unlike our parents it's easy for me now i land in kochi trivandrum or bangalore depending upon which side of kerala i am exploring have a self drive vehicle from the airport and roam around for 10 or 12 days and come back to the airport drop the vehicle and fly back But it was not so easy in our childhood. It then started with the toughest task, booking a ticket. There were no online booking and there were no direct trains. We had to scramble for a hop-on trains and later when Konkan Railway started, one weekly train. For every two confirmed tickets, there will be two unconfirmed people travelling at the mercy of others. A room for eight always ended with twelve. During the day, they would loiter around the doors of the pantry cars, but at night, Newspapers would be laid on the floor and children always slept on there. When someone so close to you and much older than you sits without a confirmed ticket, it is taken for granted that they are looking at your seat and you are supposed to take a high moral ground. Offer them your space and sacrifice yourself on the floor. Then we could not afford air-conditioned coaches and so it was the sleeper coaches that we travelled. It was as dirty as it is today. One thing that has not changed in railways over these years is this situation. But now having compared to a better mode of travel, we can feel that. During those days, we never even felt it. 
it all started with the announcement of the vacation by the school and this used to be the time when we start demanding dad to book train tickets to kerala there was no computerized reservation then you have to get a ticket from the counter from ahmedabad to bombay and from bombay to chennai you could also go to arkonam near madras and take a train from there but we mostly travel via bombay if you get a confirmed ticket on your first leg of the journey the second would be confirmed by a telegram and so is there a train ticket we have to come back every week to enquire whether the second leg and the return train tickets were confirmed the tickets used to be a small token type cardboard piece it was so easy to get lost that we treasured in special places i never knew how the ticket examiners checked it since all tickets looked the same bearing a serial number whom no one could understand it looked like the zimmerman telegram the secret world war 1 german cable attempting to enlist mexico into the war and each time a tt looked at it and then our face we felt as if he was intercepting and decoding a big secret i stayed not far from railway station then and so i would venture out to stand in long queues to enquire the status of the ticket every day each time i would return back with no update there were so many instances where we had to cancel the trip just a few minutes from departure because the onward tickets were not confirmed and on many occasions other excuses my dad would bring home when we were packed to leave and most of the time we would take the risk of traveling without a confirmed ticket from bombay later when the computerized reservation system was introduced getting a ticket got more harder tickets were available 60 days in advance so exactly 62 days before the departure date we would queue up at the reservation counter located just outside the main platform at amdavad station we will be camping outside the counter for 3 nights and 2 days sounds like a european vacation next day a new set of people would join us as a separate line and the following day a third set so when we are allowed in there will always be three set of lines in place for three coming days there used to be 30 counters when we get in around 7:30 we really had any idea whether the staff at the counter we queued will turn up when it opens at 8 if you are among the first three or four at the counter you get a confirmed ticket or else you get rsc and then a waiting list these terms were greek for me initially but then it became a lexicon in my dictionary the biggest relief during these camps were the togetherness of friends many of these are likely to get tickets and two months from now we are going to meet again in train and again for 3 days confirmed rec waitlisted each of these words in order of their chronology brought big relief to us there was a form which we filled up with the care as if our life depended on it if there was any error the ticketing clerk would just reject and shout next if you argue you're physically evicted from the counter most of the occasions i came out with the confirmed tickets you can never imagine the feeling of that moment have you ever been in the shoes of the leader of the third reich had been in many occasions each time i hear this dot matrix printer going to and fro i am asked to hand over the ticket money and then that elusive ticket is handed over to me i feel exactly as the soviets who took berlin hitler committing suicide an unconditional surrender of germany all mixed in no particular order you get the ticket and you have to immediately go out of the air conditioned reservation center you come out so victorious as if you have won a major battle but next year another reach waits for me to battle it out 
The next question is whether all those friends with whom we have spent the previous two nights got their tickets too. There was no hurry to reach back home since we are already on the streets for the previous three days. You may have noticed that I am referring a lot of World War references here. It has a reason. The life then was nothing short of a war for us. Struggling for everything. At ration shops, milk booths, edible oil, homes with TV, telephone connections and the list is endless. Now when I read two nights and three days vacation to Bangkok or Pattaya in any vacation billboards, I recollect our own sojourn at the station premises. Contrary to what you may think, it was one of the best three days and we always looked forward to having it. We would normally be arriving early morning. The first person arriving would keep a register putting the names of people after him. This was more valid and sacrosanct than verifying with Aadhaar cards today. But you cannot write your name and then go home. Either you or your representative should be there during a roll call, which happened every two hours, supervised by an RPF constable. You arrive with breakfast and lunch for that day. By evening, someone from home would come with dinner and replace you for the night, mostly my brother. You come next day with the same routine stuff. If you do not have anyone to replace, you end up sitting and sleeping for the entire duration. By afternoon on the first day itself, all my school friends would join, followed by the church and society friends. Isn't it irony that the same friends are still buddies, who shares the same experience and laugh out loud even today? Only that we do not have a railway compound to do that. We had enough ammunition to talk about the entire duration for two nights and three days. When we meet today, we still chat the same conversations we had at the railway premises. About the teachers, about the comic classmates and about everything under the sun. I would call it a pre-SM and post-SM era. SM or social media have erased our urge to know each other since we know everything digitally. No physical interaction or call is anymore necessary. Remember, we have not yet begun the journey. Let's keep that for the next episode. Until then, goodbye.